Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like it's allowed me to be more creative because I've been able to simplify the admin aspect of my podcast and focus on developing more valuable and creative content. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. What is up, podcast world? Welcome to The Motivated Mind, where we talk about hustle, grind, success, failure, all of those things in my journey and some others along the way. so much for listening. It means so much to me. If I've brought you any value, please be sure to leave a review and hit subscribe. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook. Let me know what you want to hear more of, and please be sure to share the podcast. I can't begin to tell you how much this stuff means to me. Sincerely, thank you. This episode is brought to you by Hashdash. Cannabis can be complex. Which product is right for me? Which fulfills my needs? It can be overwhelming to know where to start and how to navigate the sea of product offerings. Hashdash leverages a unique algorithm that matches you to the right cannabis products based on your profile. If you're a cannabis consumer and want to explore their value add and an opportunity to sign up for their free beta release, visit hashdash.com. Follow them on Facebook and Twitter at Hashdash and on Instagram at Hashdash.com. Before we dive into today's episode, on episode 96, I dropped some exciting news. I'm now offering one-on-one -on -one calls. A lot of you send me some great questions, and I've been looking for more than just a conversation through a direct message, a way to connect on a more personal level through audio and video, a way to dive deeper and address your particular situation. Well, I now offer exactly that to add more value. We create a platform that allows you to set goals, work on your communication skills, well-being, leadership, team management, emotional intelligence, productivity, or healthy habits. A bunch of you are already signed up monthly and things continue to fill up. For those of you that are interested, shoot me a DM on Facebook or Instagram or email me at scott.themotivatedmind at gmail.com. 
That way we can get you on the schedule. Today we have a very special guest on the podcast, Corey Camp, helping former athletes optimize their fitness, mindset, and overall life performance, and the host of the Athletic Mindset Podcast, where Corey dives deep into the mental approach of elite athletes. Corey, welcome to the podcast, man. I'm pumped to have you on. Scott, thank you for having me. I appreciate, you know, just getting to know you and I'm excited to share my story and hopefully provide some value to your audience in the process. Yeah, I'm sure, man. Uh, Corey, first place I'd love to start because I'm super interested in just like journey, your origin story. Give listeners kind of your your background because I, I love and know a very small portion of your story, but it's an exciting one. So who are you, your origin story, and what are you up to these days? What's that purpose that you're driving towards? I love that question. All-encompassing. So yes. in a nutshell, who I am is a like you alluded to, a personal performance coach for former athletes. But to get here, I have to go back to my background is in swimming, right? So about four years old, it started off with me nearly drowning in the pool and my dad swimming the length of the pool to come save me. Luckily, I was in swim lessons the next week and didn't have a sustained fear for water. It was just like, a oh, that was a weird thing that happened to me last week. Like, let's just splash around and put our face under and learn from there. And I really, it kind of just took off from there. I was never like the best of my friend group of my training group, but I just liked it. And I liked it so much that I just stayed consistent over the years. And it wasn't until about 10 years into my swimming journey that I really started to get some national attention. I qualified for junior nationals at the age of 15 for the first time. And From there, it was just like, okay, maybe this whole dream of swimming in college is a reality. It can, it can happen. And I wanted to go at the division one level and I wanted to get a scholarship. So sure enough, get to junior year times are, you know, continuing improving. I'm on track. We're feeling good. We go into senior year. We're starting to get some looks right at the same time that I'm starting to get some interest from college coaches. I actually at a practice in November of 2012, I collapse in on the pool deck, just face down. And I'm like, what the heck just happened? I'm looking around. Like I, I come to pretty quick. I pop up my feet and was like, anyone else just see that? Like, is it just all in my head? Like what's going on? And everyone's like, dude, it looks like you just tripped. And I was like, something wasn't right internally. So I, I went to the ER Everything was like fine as far as like surface tests. Long story short, this is happening as I'm getting recruited, right? So now there's this unknown. As the months are going by, I'm starting to see cardiologists. We narrow it down that it's a a heart problem. What it is, we don't know. But I just know that it's impacting my performance and how I'm able to show up. So as I'm going through this, right? I'm going to these college visits and I'm sitting down with coaches and I'm like, Hey, I would love to get some scholarship dollars from you. This is what I can provide to you. But just so you know, I'm kind of damaged goods on the back end of things. Like I have this unknown to me and I just don't know where this is going to take us and how it's going to affect how I can contribute to your program. Fortunately at the university of Delaware, when I sat down and had that discussion with the head coach at the time, He said, Corey, don't worry about it. This is something that you and I can figure out together. I'd love to have you on the team. 
here's a scholarship offer. And I knew right then and there, I, I signed like a, a few days later to just ease my mind, right, of this uncertainty of this next chapter in my life. And I go through my whole freshman year at Delaware, still kind of having these off and on um, heart symptoms, heart episodes, as I later began to call them. It luckily only happened during swim practice. It didn't happen during competitions. And I made it through my whole freshman year, had a really, really good season, everything panned out that side of things. And then I went to a cardiologist up there and they said, Hey, it's a 50, 50 shot. We have an idea of what it could be that is impacting you. We're going to have to do this procedure called what's known as an EP study with a possible catheter ablation. So I said, you know what? Why not? It's March. Some season's over. I have a whole, a whole year to until the next one, not really a few months, but I have, I have some time on my hands. Let's do it. And sure enough, they put me under and start performing this procedure. And luckily, it's minorly invasive. They go in through the veins, through your groin, up to your heart. And the whole time they have the scope on it. Turns out in the IV, they pump me with adrenaline because this these episodes would only happen under times of high stress. I had certain cells on my AV node that would short circuit and send it back to my SA node before then completing the electrical loop, so to speak, in your heart. So because it was short-circuiting, my heart rate would skyrocket above 300. It would be like 350-ish. And then my blood pressure would drop. And with that, I would lose vision. I would lose feeling in hands, feet, hence the like collapsing on the pool deck a few years prior. Luckily, knock on wood, ever since that moment, like we're good to go. And yeah, from that moment on, swimming career was like the focus. I now had like tunnel vision on swimming and it was great. I could go all in on this and I didn't have to worry about my own health beyond um, like what I was doing on a day-to-day basis in practice. As I'm starting to go through it, it's like starting to set school records. Like, this is great. So much fun. And then I graduate. And it was like, okay, well now what? I had like the framework and I had the coaching and I had everything that was telling me, hey, like just put your head down and like show up every day and be consistent and like you'll be good. And I had that reaffirmed to me over 18 years of my life. All of a sudden, it's just not there. So I kind of bounced around from job to job after school and, you know, got into swim coaching a little bit because I thought that's really where my passion lied. And I I really, each time it was like, I peeled a a layer back on an onion and it was like, I really just enjoy helping other people find what swimming provided to me. And that is the framework. It's the guidance and it's showing them a way to work hard and push towards something and pointing them in the right direction. And that's really how I stumbled upon performance coaching because I looked at my story and I was like, I know how to work hard. You tell me to tomorrow if I have to wake up at three o'clock in the morning, I'm going to do it. And I'll do whatever you tell me to do at that time. I don't care if you just tell me why I'm doing it. And there's a, there's a goal at the end of the tunnel, like off all in, let's do it. No one was, no one was telling me that. And the more, when I got out of school and the more people I talked to with a former athletic background, I realized how common that boat is that we're all in. And it's just like, we have all these cool and tangible skills that 
society reinforces, right? They're like, hey, you're really motivated. You're really driven. Well, drive and motivation don't really do you any good if you don't have direction behind it, right? And that intention has to be there. So that's how I do it. That's long story short, how I got into what I got into. It's providing intention now to other people behind their actions and showing them, why are you doing this? So much to unbox there, but <laughs> that was an amazing story. There, there's a There's a couple of things. I want to go down this road in a moment here to this hyper-focus piece mm-hmm. that you were just talking about, because I think it's it's a superpower with a lot of athletes. Anytime I've witnessed just like crazy athletes that like super like booster rocket hyper kind of focus, like any mm-hmm. barrier, I'm going to bust through it. But before I get there, because I do think that's important to cover, I want to spend a moment with some of the the things that happened, almost drowning, right? All this complication that you had. Like, glazed over that, right? <laughs> but like, first of all, the mindset, even at a younger age, to shake it off a little bit and be like, oh, I had this like thing happen to me yesterday where I almost drowned, but now I'm going to hop back in the water. Like, not normally, mm-hmm. even for adults, right? Or, or people with the right mindset and all this stuff, not normal, right? So there was, was that to you an early identifier of a potential superpower or not so much because you didn't have that elevation, that perspective, like how did that set the tone for your career? Because of course, outside looking in, if I'm hearing this, this stuff as, as you're saying it, I'm like, wow, there was something there in hindsight's 2020. So it's easy Mm -hmm. to see that stuff now, but having that perspective, it's almost like there was a great indicator right out of the gate that you had something deep down to have that ability to kind of bounce back and keep pushing and moving forward. And that's a superpower to me. Yeah. Well, one, I appreciate that. And two, yeah, it is total hindsight. Looking back on it with my perspective now, I'm like, okay, wow. I was, I was very fortunate to have that be my story. Right. And have that be my experience that happened. And what I love about it really is that was the first instance at four years old that I can look back on and truly remember and be like, Hey, look, all right. Failure is in that case, it's literally a life or death thing. Right. But it's just that moment. It's not a permanent thing. So anytime that I'm facing anything since four years old onwards in the back of my head, I'm like, well, you know, a few years ago, like I almost drowned and I didn't. And you know, I turned out to be a pretty good swimmer after that. So any new endeavor that I go into now, it's like, is my first thing going to be a total flop? And am I going to drown or nearly drown in the process? Maybe, probably. In fact, I hope I do, because then I'm just going to learn and I'm going to take that feedback. I wouldn't have been pushed into starting swimming at the age that I was if I didn't have that experience. Because So my dad is a a swim coach for 40 plus years. He swam at the division one level and my mom, no swimming background. She was like, Hey, look, Brian, my dad's name. Like, I know you love swimming, but I don't want to throw Corey like down that path at such an early age and like specialize him in one sport. Want him to be well-rounded. We'll get him into swimming. He'll learn how to swim, but like down the road. And then I had this experience and my mom was like total flip nope, you're in swim lessons the next week and the rest is history, right? The word that comes to mind is grit, 
right? Being mm-hmm. able to kind of persevere through through any of this material. And the point that you touched on that I think is key is understanding it's a moment. Mm-hmm. It's very, and I talk about elevation a lot on the podcast, but it's one of those things that when we're faced with that adversity, that 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 friction, we normally get sucked down really quick and really fast. We want to talk about drowning. It was a great uh, parallel there. It's very easy to look at the problems that you have at hand because it's the hot pot scenario. You touch it, you're like, nerve endings feel it. Oh, damn, got to remove my hand. And it's that kind of knee jerk reaction that I think a lot of us translate into kind of our physical being, our our life, our profession, our career, our relationships that gets us into kind of this hamster wheel scenario that anytime you're faced with that challenge, it's normally this knee jerk reaction naturally mm-hmm. to like bounce back and and want to remove yourself you know as as quickly as possible but and i and I think an, another piece of this is the self-awareness piece and gaining elevation in just our career, our personal life, um, every corner of our life, honestly, it just brings huge gains. And I've discussed, like I said, elevation techniques before, but I wanted you to get your take on this. And I know we can kind of circle back to this hyper stuff, but um, hyper focus, but how do you create those new plateaus, you know, for greater growth, right? But Mm. also creating an environment where you can let go of things you can't control. Like everything that you've set up to this point has been beautiful because you recognize that like, I have no control over some of these things. And quite frankly, now looking back, I understand that being tossed into the mix is the best thing I could do. And I always say, and I'm certainly not the one to coin it, but like failure, failure happens to me when you stop moving forward. Mm -hmm. Sure. Your direction might change, but that doesn't mean that you failed. Once you stop moving forward and you stop taking one step in front of the other, yeah, there's a possibility there. That's when failure kicks in, but you have the opportunity every day to pivot. So how do you create those new plateaus for yourself or even any of the former athletes that you work for in creating that environment where you are able to let go because that's key to long-term success and happiness? Yeah, I love that. You only lose when you stop. And that's, that's really, I think the biggest key really, I guess the best way to cultivate that environment is just to bring awareness into your life and be able to sit with yourself and not have the distractions and not have these other things going around. I was reflecting back on this year, obviously, as we're getting towards the end of the year here and we tend to do, we get nostalgic, right? Every time of year. 2020, people are probably like, well, thank God this is over. (laughs) We're almost at the end here. But where I think that comes from, right, is think of what this year has taught us. It taught us to slow down. It forced and didn't teach us. It forced us to. Like everything just went on pause in the middle of March, depending on where you are in the world. It might be a little earlier, a little later from that, but you were forced to hit pause. And for me personally, like I didn't realize how routined I was in my day-to-day life until that moment. And then all of a sudden it was like this aha moment where I had, I, I got to wake up at a little bit of a later hour and I got to sit and enjoy my coffee in the morning and I got to go for a walk. And like, I got, I got to have a morning routine again. 
And I was like, wow, I really like this. I really like like what I'm seeing. And then it gave me perspective to look at the other parts of my life that I didn't necessarily like, which ultimately led me to quitting my, you know, nine to five, it was more hours than that job uh, five months ago. It was like, but I needed this awareness. I needed this perspective to pause. So that's really how I, I guess, have other former athletes go about it is creating intentional breaks, intentional moments of reflection. And it's no different than like a periodization model of your weight training or your aerobic training, whatever training you're into from a physical standpoint, right? You're, you're always going to have periods where you're going to crank it up and like, you're going to have to go, go, go. But even on like the toughest elite athlete, right? LeBron James, he's not competing 24 hours a day. He's there's built-in rest each day and there's built-in intentional parts of his day to reset and prime his body to move again. We're going to be no different. It's just going to look a little, it might be more like journaling and, you know, meditation, going for walks, disconnecting from the phone, disconnecting from caffeine, like going on a cleanse of that because that could be masking a lot of your problems on a daily basis than on a weekly basis, taking a longer day of rest and recovery and, you know, so on and so forth. The, the macro cycle, the larger you get, the more rest we should be like incorporating and building in. But that's really the strategy that I use to help other people. I, I think that that's perfect. We also live in, not that it's an excuse, but it's, it's where a lot of people go. We live in a world where we're so overstimulated and it's very fast paced, especially here in the States, right? Like Europe's very different about how they break up their days, even just how they do meals and how they take vacations, way different. And I'm mm-hmm. certainly not saying that anybody over in Europe uh, can't, you know, be in in this category, right, per se. It's certainly obvious that n- nobody's kind of off limits to this, but there, I mean, when you look at it too, look at all the the apps and technology that we have for like productivity and productivity mm-hmm. hacks and all of that stuff. And listen, I'm all for efficiency and, but dot, 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 it is crucial what you said to take a step back and pause for a moment and, and rest. Like even look at things that are mechanical in our world. TVs need to shut down. You know, mm-hmm. you need to plug in your phone. You need to shut down your computer humans are no different if anything need it more because we are we are a, a, an organism we are an animal like we we function differently but we still need to get rest and i've heard you know so many famous leaders and even ceos that are like listen if i've had a tough day or i feel that i'm exhausted or that i'm kind of not performing at 110% even it's if it's 3 o'clock I'll go back home and I'll rest. I will either read or relax, take a bath, go to sleep. And I think that a lot of those things are almost looked down upon, I would say, in, in, in at least here in the States. And I just said this, um, I had Anna on the podcast the other day. I got to take my damn intro because it talks about like a little piece on like hustle. And I think people take that really differently of like, it's all about grinding and you got to go and you never sleep and you're going to have bloodshot eyes. It's like, no, it's really reading your body and understanding when you need to take the rest and giving yourself grace and not judging yourself because you had to take a break the top, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, the top athletes in the world 
do this. They have to heal. And I, I give some analogies around like a gym. You, you got to take rest days. Like, I mean, your brain is no different. Your energy is no different. All of those things are crucial. So yeah, I, I think that that's, that's key being able to take a step back, pause, and also read what your needs are with that. Like overstimulation comes this world where our feelings and our emotions and all of those things are normally secondary to so many other things in our environment. And so that's normally not the first place people go, but it's the healthiest and most important place to go. I, I love how you brought up productivity there, right? And efficiency and, and grind and hustle culture. The number one solution to all of that and the number one common characteristic trait among all high performers, right? Is their just ability to single task and we talked about hyper-focus, be locked in on that moment. If I'm sitting here and we're having this conversation, but my phone's going off and I'm getting emails and all this other stuff, my mind's all over the place. I might be like checking this and next thing I know, I'm so thrown off track and I'm not going to make any sense and my message is going to be lost in translation. Yet that makes perfect sense in this scenario. Yet so many of us are going about our day-to-day life and we're just letting those things just come in. We need deep focus work, time, like set aside, like turn your phone and devices onto airplane mode and like dive in on what you need to dive in on. And don't let that bleed into the other things that you need to do on. If you're able to be present moment focused in every single task that you have on a day-to-day basis, that's the, that's the cheat code right there. That's the life hack. That's, that's a, a happy life. That's how we become sustainably high performers how do we get there? That's the real question. Phone vibrating, email going off, all of these things going off. It's easy in a connected world to to go down that path. I also think, you know, another component to this is this piece around purpose. I think Mm -hmm. that too, I see naturally people bounce around when there's a lack of purpose and that vision that you had mentioned earlier. And when there's purpose in that vision, then there's reason to wake up every day. There's there's reason to push. There's reason to focus. But naturally, when there's not a lot of purpose around that, it's very easy or easier to get distracted by all of those things. And there's like mm-hmm. almost these fillers that you put in place by being able to like pick up your phone and get distracted for a little bit, going off in an email or whatever. It's, it's very easy. But when I think you, when you dive deeper and really get to the core of your reason for being and your purpose, to what you were mentioning earlier and what you have identified as your purpose, that is so key to being able to have a solid path to happiness and success and being able to slide distractions off the table. Now, it's certainly not bulletproof. We all have distractions, but the more that you can turn your phone on airplane mode or flip it upside down whatever, dim the lights, whatever you need, light a damn candle. Taking away all of those distractions is much easier, removing any of those barriers of friction. And I love that because I've noticed that in athletes a lot. I'm not even close to like an athlete, but like in high school, like I had mentioned to you before we jumped on here, I played football. And there was one thing that was really interesting to me. Anytime this experience that I got was anytime that I stepped on the field, and I was clear on my intention and the goal at hand, I could like feel 
the blood running through my arms and legs. Mm -hmm. I could hear my heartbeat going off. Everything on my immediate being was super fucking loud, but I couldn't hear anything else. Couldn't hear anything else. It was almost like these blinders went off. And it was just so much of being in the moment and being very present and aware of just my movement and what that was going to cause, right? Being able to put my hands up, proper block, like all of these things, super, super hyper-focused. And I'm really curious on those conversations that you have with just these former um, elite athletes, that that experience for them of being mm. so hyper-focused because a lot of people don't live in the moment. They they aren't feeling those things and being very aware of, like I said, their emotions and being easy, you know, distracted by all of these other things. But I think athletes, at least from what I've seen, my perspective, I know yours is completely different, are this one category that has that hyper focus when they're just at like peak performance, like their their boosters just went off mm -hmm. and they are accelerating in a completely different realm or like timeline as some other people. So I'm I'm really curious about that side of the world and what you kind of interact with um you know around that. Yeah I'm getting like goosebumps and tingly just thinking about your description of a flow state there, right? Like that is the peak performance state that we are all constantly chasing. And I think as athletes like we're blessed to have experienced that in a physical sense. It is easier to understand these things that go on psychologically when we're, they manifest themselves in our physical actions. So athletes are hyper aware of flow state because they've experienced it. And especially the higher level you played at, the more familiar hopefully you are with it. In my experience really is where this disconnect is is all of a sudden people get, these athletes, get, we get out of sport. You're no longer playing football. I'm no longer swimming, right? And I forget what put me in flow state and what were the triggers that put me into flow state in that scenario. And I say, you know what? <laughs> I don't need those anymore. I'm done playing football. I'm done swimming. I'm going to go do like my other thing. And then I'm going through my life and I'm like, damn, I really miss being in flow. Like, where's that feeling? I haven't had it in years. And what I really started to realize was what if I just took some of those same triggers that helped me get into flow state for swimming and get into flow state now for what it is I'm doing? What did I do that locked me in to a practice? What did I do that locked me into a competition, to a, my race? Oh yeah, it was like this stretching routine. And like I would do, I was a huge like physical release person. Like I would do two claps up on the block as my last thing before I dove in. And that was just always my little physical reminder to myself, like, all right, it's go time, lock in. It's your lane. It's you. It's your race. Go and do it. And once I started implementing those tactics into my life and I started working with other athletes, like I, a friend and client of mine played in the NFL for five years. And he was like, dude, I'm just like a really private person. I'm really struggling to show up on social and show up in just an authentic way. It doesn't feel like myself. And he's a very like even keeled guy. You would never, you'd have no idea that he played linebacker in the league for as long as he did. And I was like, well, what did you do to, to elevate your energy to show up in on Sundays and play? It's like, well, I did. Yeah. I had this routine. Okay. 
why don't we tap into some of that routine again and let's let's implement those parts i always joke with people like walking down the street i'm not just going to randomly two clap because i'm going to look like a, a psycho but there's other parts of my routine that i can tap into at any time and it's that mental self-talk of like all right let's go this is yours this is your moment let's let's do it that's the stuff that I carry with me now that helps me lock in. And that's what I've helped other people find as well. It's just, you have to just pick and choose what you take with you. This next chapter, the disconnects I think really lies in. It's almost like we view it as the end of a series, end of a book. And we just like, we're done with it and we're starting a new series. No, it's, it's a lifelong thing. What themes and general things can you take from that first book? Or maybe it's the first 20 odd years of books that you've written because it's your story. What can you take it with you into this next chapter mm. and set you up for success that way? Yeah, I, I love that analogy on we are quick to leave things kind of behind and be like, oh, it's a whole new chapter. Yeah, it is a new chapter as far as new opportunities that you have mm -hmm. on the horizon, but the lessons and the adversity, all of these things that you went through before, those things carry with you. And it's this like almost natural human tendency where we, we say it all the time, just in life, like, oh, history repeats itself. And it's like, well, why does it? Have you ever sat down and, and questioned and asked why? And I've seen it in, you know, some of my employees over the years where they came from a background or they came from an environment where they were able to push through all of those. And they went and they tried to reinvent the wheel and they were mm -hmm. really struggling with adapting or being able to push forward. And it's like, you've done this stuff before. It might have been a different color, different sound, whatever, like a very, very granular. But when you zoom out and you look at the message or the lesson, it's still the same thing. And that application process, I think, is a struggle for a lot of people. And mm -hmm. it's super interesting, Corey, that you that you spend some time on that. Well, what did you do before? And wow, couldn't you just apply that now? There's, there's a couple of things that I do, and I've said this before on the podcast, 30 minutes of reflection at the end of each day. And this is something actually I did at sports in high school too, mm -hmm. where I just kind of reviewed my performance mentally with myself, like in the shower, or whatever, and said, you know, what can I improve on and acknowledge myself for that performance too, as well. I do the same thing in my professional career. And the other piece of that, for me, you had mentioned that you were a physical person. Um, there, I had to listen to specific set of songs in order to get me in that state of like very zoned in where I got goosebumps before games. And I do that every day when I get down to the studio and start crushing out work. I listen to a few songs that get me in this really narrow headspace where an airplane, a commercial flight could rip through my living room or my upstairs. And I probably wouldn't blink. And I know that's a complete exaggeration, but you get what I'm saying. And yeah. it's funny that you said that because I, I recognize it and I was aware and I translated those over, but I'm also starting to think, Hmm, I think a lot of people are going to get value from this and recognize that and be like, Holy shit. I didn't even think about that. How easy that that would be to apply those same things over. But, um, that was a perfect way to put it. Yeah, those simple life tweaks are really what it's all about. We're not asking anyone to reinvent the wheel. We're just asking them to take a step back and, and look at the set of wheels that they have. And did they make sense for what they're doing right now? 
if they don't make sense, then yes, we might have to get a little bit more creative. I'm curious, what are what are the songs that are on that list that lock you in? So there's a there's a couple from Wiz Khalifa, and honestly, I know this one sounds wicked odd, but it's like Jack Johnson. Any of his songs because they're super relaxing. Mm-hmm. But I think what really happened is I go back to the moment that I first heard that song and whatever, wherever that place was, I was present. And so it was almost like I was experiencing that stuff again. And music has always, I have such a wide range. I was on another podcast. I'm like, Oh, what do you listen to? I'm like, literally everything, everything you, you, you name it. But it's, I think music has always been something remarkable to connect people, but music has always done it for me. Like I said, uh, you know, any a lot of songs from Wiz Khalifa back in the day, Jack Johnson. I think one of the other things, I'm not going to say her name, but I have an Amazon device in here. And right when I go through, I go shuffle my Pandora stations and it knows exactly I've thumbed up all of them. Yeah. And it just, like I said, gets those hairs standing up on my arms where I'm, so present and in the moment and understand what I need that's mission critical for the day. And the other thing that I, I think about in this overstimulation piece is just setting with the intention of accomplishing less things that are more impactful than more things that are less impactful. Mm. And we do that as like, I want to get these 20 things done. And there's this lack of the why and the questioning behind it and that purpose component. But I wanted to to round second base with you because I think you you had presented a, a good segue here. I'm really bullish on breaking this cycle of autopilot because I think there mm. are a couple of things here that people kind of juggle and why I say this is a good segue. I have a lot of things, practices in my life that are habit at this point, but largely impactful to my life. And I think where some people kind of get autopilot and some of these healthy routines or habits in place mixed up. And so I want to navigate down that road with you, but I have a lot of people that reach out and say exactly that, that, Hey, I'm stuck in this cycle of just doing the same thing Mm. over and over again. And I'm looking for a different result or results. And I'm starting to realize that I'm not changing anything up. What's that like impact on this approach of life? And how do you break out of that cycle? How have you broken out of of that cycle? Your clients too as well, because that autopilot has such a massive influence on long-term success and being able to one, be self-aware and then two, be able to implement the framework, the workflow to pop out of that world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I love about it, right. At that core of autopilot is routines. We crave routines. We want to establish healthy routines. Going to the gym is a healthy routine, right? But think of it, that first year that you go to the gym, you probably see some as we know, like the beginner gains, you feel awesome. You're making strides. But if you do the same workouts every day for a year, eventually they don't give you the same return. And eventually you're just going to either plateau or even worse, you're going to kind of regress a little bit. So unless you shake things up all of a sudden, yeah, it's great. You have a healthy gym routine, but what are you working towards? You're not really working towards anything. So how I combat that is putting intentional shakeups and it's no different in your life. It could be any routine, just be going to the same job at the same time and all this stuff. And then coronavirus happens and you're like, Oh my God, 
it's all, I'm all shaken up. Like I don't know what to experience. The difference is, is being proactive with your intentional shakeups of your routine versus reactive. March was a great example of us all being reactive. We ran around like we had our heads cut off and we were like, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm lost. I had a routine and now it's gone. Whereas if you were a little bit more proactive, you would have had maybe a day where you're like, I don't know what to do. This is crazy. It will be open in two weeks, right? That's what we all thought. But how do I make the most out of these two weeks? How can I lock in and and go from here? And that's really where I help people is let's put some intentional shakeups. So what does that look like? Like for me, for example, I found myself on autopilot at this point, like three, four months ago, I was sleeping in later and later. I was getting comfortable. And anytime, luckily my self-awareness around those things is heightened. So I've caught myself in this and I go, well, I'm not getting what I want to get out of each day. How do I shake it up? So I made a proclamation on my podcast. And I was like talking about comfort and convenience is sticking you in exactly where you're at and it's not moving you forward. How do you combat that? And I made a, a promise to my listenership that I said, hey, for the next week, I'm going to wake up at 4 a.m. and I'm going to run a 5 a.m. 5K Monday through Friday. And that was a that was an intentional shakeup. It was a catalyst to next thing I knew, like two weeks after that, I'm running 10 miles at 5 a.m. on Monday. And like I'm starting to play around with how much running I'm doing. And is it a recovery run? Is it this or that? The key being like it's all moving forward. It's all pushing me to get better. Just the mode that I'm trying to get better at, I guess, in this scenario is my running, but it's more than movement, right? It's shaking up my whole day. And I found myself way more able to hyper-focus on the task at hand after I got that knocked out early. And I didn't have to worry about like, oh my gosh, am I going to get this run in? Like in between client calls, am I going to do it? Like, when's it going to happen? It was just knocked out early over and done with, and I can move on with my day. So intent, that's one example of an intentional shakeup. I think that's the, the biggest key to avoid autopilot is getting ahead of the, the ball and putting those things in your calendar. And what I do with my clients, it's like every month we have monthly, longer monthly check-ins and we hit all areas of their life. They're mental, they're mental, they're physical, and they're emotional and we even break that down into three subcategories of each. We're like, okay, where, where are we slipping through the cracks here? Where are we feeling like super comfortable? Okay, awesome. That's where we're putting our focus and attention to next, because that's going to be where that next breakthrough lies for you. The idea of these mental shakeups or just these shakeups in general, adore the hell out of that because it's those gains to, so it's super easy to get comfortable, mm-hmm. but nothing great ever came from being comfortable. Nobody ever achieved greatness from sitting in the box of comfortability and talk about history and, and having elevation. If anybody, if you were to sit them down and say, tell me the greatest moments in your life, bring me into that world. What was the experience? It would have always, I bet you 99% of the time, it would have come from those moments where they were super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that the great unlocks 
to our superpowers and our success and our drivers is in those moments of being very, very uncomfortable because then you came comfortable. And I love this idea of throwing in a shakeup. I noticed this the other day going to bed at 1030. I was like, this is too late. I'm up at 530 every day. I'm not getting enough sleep and I can feel it. I'm dragging. It's telling me something. And for me, it was making a commitment to myself that I need to get to bed a half an hour early, at least if not Mm -hmm. more. And then I'm going to step that up once I get comfortable with that. And maybe I start waking up a half an hour earlier, something, but yeah, I there is so much beauty and power in being able to make yourself uncomfortable. And I think there's almost like this addi- addictive component that comes out of it, right? Not to like slip into this world of like applying routine to this, mm-hmm. but being able to recognize and saying, my greatest achievements have came in the arenas where I didn't know anybody. I didn't know the plays, if we want to keep with uh sport analogies here, but yet I was able to perform. And I think that the more that people can, can get to those places and see their capabilities, I always say there's a bunch of like Michael Jackson, Rihanna's out there that haven't actually put themselves into those uncomfortable positions. And they have a superpower that they haven't shared from the world. And every single day when I go to bed, I think about the portion of the population that are some of the best athletes that we haven't heard of, some of the best musicians that we haven't heard of, some of the best artists, whatever, craftsmen that just didn't go to that world of shaking things up and go and becoming uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And that saddens me. Because there's so much opportunity out there and there's so – everybody has a unique set of superpowers that they haven't shared because of whether self-judgment, what other people have said, what what they think other people are saying, wanting to stay comfortable. But all of those great life achievements come from those – taking those big leaps and I think that's truly special. Yeah. What's really interesting – I'm not sure if you're familiar with Kyle Cease. I love his work. Um, He's a former comedian turned into like personal development coach. He always says when it comes to fear, the reason why we experience it is because our mind can't see what we'll gain. We can only see what we'll lose in that scenario. So in your case of these musicians, not putting themselves out there, these athletes not performing, we've never heard of them in their eyes. It's more worth it they've rationalized to keep that skill to themselves because the moment that we show our skill to the world, all of a sudden now we're open to criticism and that can be a scary thing. And that fear takes a lot to get over. But once you're able to trick that mind over and over again and say, look, you're really, there is opportunity here. Trust me, believe it. And it's really probably your heart voice or whatever you want to call it, telling your mind this. Once you can start listening to this more rather than your head, that's when the fun starts to happen. That's when you really get into those uncomfortable situations and the magic happens. You find yourself with doors that you never thought would be open are open to you. And you're like, you just have a moment of reflection. You're like, how did I get here? How did I do this? And it's, it starts with taking that first step of just put yourself out there and so be it. If you get the criticism, awesome. I look back at like the first stuff that I did, whether on my podcast or social channels, it was awful. It was God awful. And I'm so thankful that it was because I got feedback from it. 
And I got it from my perspective of it just feedback is neutral. It's just exactly what it needs to be. How can I move forward? And that comes from my swimming experience too, right? I thrived under the coaches that I had that told me my swim was awful because I needed to hear that in the moment because I needed to go back to the drawing board and find out how do we tweak, how do we tweak this? Because I had that higher purpose in mind. So if you have that higher purpose in mind, you can go back to the drawing board despite any criticism, despite any negative feedback, and you can find reasons to put yourself out there and to keep pushing forward into that uncomfortable situation. And rather than staying within your shell and just being a, a, a what if scenario, a what if life, and none of us hopefully want to live a what if life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's this great unlock. And I got like literally goosebumps when you were talking about it, being able to have that purpose and that vision, that that greater thing that just kind of flows through your blood that's way above you that you know that is why I'm here. That's why I literally, the the odds of me even breathing and being alive today are special. And I understand my intention and my purpose behind all of my movement and the impact that I want to create either in my life or with others or through my path and who I interact with. And that shit is so powerful. It's, it's, it's so powerful. And you're right. The criticism hails in comparison peanuts to everything else when you have purpose and when you have direction and when you have intention and when you know your why the the criticism or the feedback is actually intercepted as this is good for me because that's how I refine my skill and we could all use up to the day that we die practice around our skill we could always grip the ball a little tighter we could always have a better route we could always there's always ability for improvement and when you strive during that journey of purpose for improvement and reaching that next level that's when you to to what you had just said those doors open up all of a sudden life gets brighter you're like holy shit i didn't whoa, what is this? Like, it's a completely different, like, reality that you step into. And that unlock is is very special when people can get to that place. And it's why I share the messages that I share, because deep down, I honestly think everybody has the ability, the challenges getting to that first step, right? Being able to break through the crust. But once you're able to push through that, you can continue to be successful. You can continue to to open your ears and eyes to to criticism and welcome that. But that's a that's a challenging uh, journey, but not one that's impossible. Yeah, and I think a question that everyone can ask themselves that really helps them determine step one, and it's something that I work with my clients on, is really having them sit with the question of what is success to them. And then just filter out all the outside noise. Forget what Corey and Scott said success is. Forget about it. What is your definition of it? And once you get clear on that, then it's like, okay, the purpose, the why, that becomes easier to find. And then once you have that, then it's like this invisible guiding hand that is just navigating you through life. And it's like, hey, like we're going to go here. Just like trust it. Like it might not look like it on the surface. You're going to have to spend a lot of money right now and, and pivot here, but like, trust us, like you're on the right path. And 
once that starts to happen, that's when those doors start to open. But you, it starts with your definition of success. What does that look like? And, you know, it, it could be financial, it could be monetary, it could be connection, it could be networking, it could be a job. I don't know. It's different for everyone, but it's something to sit with and just think and analyze, really. Uh, I don't think you can ever spend too much time with that question because it's going to be ever evolving even as you evolve. That is one hell of a spot to stop. I would love everybody that's listening to this episode, DM me. What is success to you? Zero judgment. Sit with it for as long as you need and shoot me a DM. And with that being said, because I do want to share some of those messages with you, Corey, I've super appreciated the time and the wisdom that you've been able to share here. Where can people find you, obviously? And where can they on social, where can they listen to, to the podcast and you know, shut up with the website? And I will link everything in the show notes too, so people have an easier time finding you as well. I love it. First, Scott, first and foremost, I appreciate you and your time. We talked about flow state throughout. Definitely experienced some of that throughout here. So I'm just always appreciative when other people give me a platform to experience that in my life. And that's just the power of connection with like-minded people. You can keep up with me at Corey Camp. Uh, there's no E in my name. at On um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and then on website, it's just www.coreycamp.com. Um, got a few new exciting offers coming out there with a evergreen course that is basically a 30-day Kickstarter to help anyone going through a transition. Very timely with obviously going to the new year here, but it really dives into the mindset side of things, um, not just the physical, like I'm going to hit the gym January 1. It's We're addressing the underlying issues that you need to first and foremost before you make that transformation. That's perfect. Yeah, the IDS, the identify, discuss, solve uh, component, the discovery phase. I love that. Corey, you, uh, you're an awesome person to have on the podcast. I love what you're doing. I love the your story that you shared. So I'm you know, grateful that you were able to hop on and share that. And I know that so many will find value one in the episode and in your message please go follow Corey, listen to the podcast, spread the word. Like I said, I will link it in the show notes so that it's easier for everybody. But Corey, I appreciate it, man. You're one hell of a dude and it was so nice having you on and let's stay in contact. Yeah, Scott, this was fun. We got to do this again sometime. Maybe we'll, we'll get you on mine one of these days. Hell yeah. I appreciate you, buddy. Take care. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please do so. That way you don't miss any new episodes. And for a closer look into my journey and more motivational content, please be sure to like my page on Facebook at The Motivated Mind Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at The Motivated underscore Mind. I've got a lot more to share. I love you all, and thanks so much for listening.